presence of God transforms lives and heals hearts. Let's learn today truths on how we can access His presence and release heaven into our daily lives. Welcome to Manifest His Presence with your host, Dr. Candace Smithyman. Hello again, this is uh, Pastor Adam, and I, uh, I want to share something, and I, I know it's in December of, uh, of this year, and most of the time all the messages are focused on you know, Christmas, uh, new beginnings for the new year, but I have something today that I, I, I want to share, and I just believe it's always applicable, like all the things are that you can talk about in the Word of God. But it's something that I think a lot of us uh, will be encouraged by. Uh, I think also it will be something that many of us have, you know, possibly heard or parts of this they have heard or it's maybe spoken in a new way. But it'll be something that you can we can all relate to. And I think that's important. So I'm going to start out with prayer and I ask you to just join me as I go to the Lord. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I I know this is important. It's it's things that you have for us to learn. Uh, you're so patient, so loving, so gracious, so merciful. And we just hope, Lord, and ask for you to reveal to us these things that we need to address, to be closer to you, to follow your guidance. And we thank you. We thank you so much for what you've done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his mighty and matchless name we say these things to you, amen. All right, so have you ever been driving you know, your car and either gotten in an accident or nearly gotten in an accident because you didn't see that vehicle you know, on either side of you? Have you ever heard, I think you have, of the phrase blind spot? If you're driving in a car and relying on your rear view mirror and your side mirrors to check the lanes, there are some spots that you, you know, still won't be able to see the, the back right corner, the back left corner, and they're called, we, we call these blind spots. Now, when we first learn about driving, we are taught to turn our head and take a gaze at these areas so that we'll know if anything is there before we put on our blinker and before we turn, okay? But for the moment that you checked your blind spot, you're unaware of what is happening in front of the car. So in other words, we gotta keep the scan going, you know, cause you, we do have these blind spots. So we gotta keep our head on a swivel. And blind spots are created by virtue that we don't have eyes in the back of our heads. And it's physically impossible to see everything at once. Now, through my years of, you know, just life, but, you know, military, ministry, teaching, uh, you know, mentoring, having meetings and counseling sessions, it's very apparent to me how common it is for us to have blind spots. And I'm not, now I'm not only talking about when we're driving. In other words, if I slow down and look in the mirror, I can see where I have blind spots to certain areas of my life. And, and I think this is very important to go over this because blind spots, Spots affect every area of our lives. This is, you know, this is just really important. And it's, it's, it's deals as well as things like relationships that we all have. I mean, if you're married, it will affect your marriage and how you relate to your spouse. It will affect our conversations, our, our conduct and our demeanor. 
But, you know, praise the Lord. The, the word of God has encouragement to deal with these blind spots. Now, we can overcome these and deal with them through the prosperity of our soul and renewal of our mind. Now, Scripture tells us in the third book of John, chapter 1, verse 2, Scripture says, Beloved, I pray that in all aspects, in all respects, you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. I think the, one of the greatest needs in the world is saving the souls, and the greatest need in the body of Christ is the renewal of a believer's mind. There will be no real transformation in a believer's lives without this. It's my favorite scripture, Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, now here's a shocker to some, some of us. Being born again does not transform us to be like Jesus Christ. A Christian needs a renewing of the mind following their conversion experience. And if we don't renew our mind, then we will stay a baby in Christ. Yes, you, you know, you're born again. You, you're you're going to spend eternity in heaven. But transforming yourself to live here and on earth and display Christ-likeness to a sick world, no, you're not going to be able to do that unless you... you you heed the words of scripture here in transforming to the spiritual being that you be, that you're, should follow now. Blind spots in Christians are the result of failure to renew their minds and an inability to be teachable, which stems from a lot of things, mainly pride, vanity, envy, stubbornness, stupidity, laziness, just to name a few. Now, I want to bring up a beautiful depiction in Scripture of this issue of a blind spot. And the entire ninth chapter of the book of John records this event. And I encourage you to follow along in your Bible, like as you listen to this, or your Bible app, as well as, you know, you can look over that chapter and, and let it permeate, meditate on it, read it again after you hear this. Now, I'm going to go through and kind of explain the meat of what's going on here in John chapter 9. Okay, so the Pharisees here in the text of John chapter 9 are blind according to what Yeshua says, what Jesus says in conclusion, right? The irony is in this chapter, Jesus has healed a blind man, an actual guy who couldn't see. And in the aftermath of the story, when the Pharisees tried to find a legal technicality to undo the miracle that Jesus had performed, they revealed themselves to have a blind spot where Jesus is concerned, right? Jesus said that he came so that those who do not see may see and that those who think they see will realize they are blind. And, and revealing their arrogance and pride, the Pharisees responded to Jesus by saying, well, surely we are not blind, are we? I mean, Jesus had just cured an actual blind man and the Pharisees are trying to say that he wasn't of God by doing that. That wasn't of God. That's, that's a blind spot, folks. Now, okay, so you and I, okay, we talk about the Pharisees a lot, but now it's bringing it closer to us. We too can have spiritual blind spots just like these Pharisees in this story. At times, we can't see what God is doing. 
God had just performed a miracle and still these religious leaders couldn't see it or I think maybe it's better, it's actually they won't accept it. When you and I've got spiritual blind spots, God can be doing something fantastic right in our midst and we still won't see it. Now, we certainly can see how we want things to be. We can see how we think things should be. We can see what we want to see. But when we've got spiritual blind spots, we might just miss out on what God is doing right next to us, right in our midst. Let me share a, this is a humorous story that I think fits this this situation very good. I think many of us have heard of Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. And so these two went on a camping trip. And after a good meal, they laid down for the night to sleep. And some hours later, Sherlock Holmes woke up and he nudged his faithful friend. And he said, hey, Watson, look up, tell me what you see. Watson replied, well, I see millions and millions of stars. Sherlock Holmes goes, well, what does that tell you? Now, Watson pondered for a minute, and then he goes, well, astronomically, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter past three. Theologically, I can see that God is an all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. Then Watson asked Holmes, well, why? What what does it tell you? Sherlock Holmes said, Watson, you idiot. Someone has stolen our tent. In other words, sometimes we're blind to what is going on right in our midst. And in a spiritual sense, we can be blind to what God is doing. How many times, how many times have we seen people who are unhappy with their lives because not everything is going the way they want? I'm telling you, especially in the Western world, in the, okay, where the poorest of us live so much better than billions of people around the world live. We'll complain at just some of the most just ridiculous things. Oh, our Wi-Fi isn't working. Our, uh, our cell phones have roaming charges. We, there, there's only uh, wheat bread instead of, you know, white bread at the restaurant. We, oh, I mean, the, I, the list is endless, right? And too often we allow things to pile up on us and we miss out on what joy God has provided for us right here, right in front of our view. Complaining about our spouse when you've got a faithful spouse. You know, getting on your kids because, you know, they got a worse grade than the neighbor's kids. Those are blind spots, folks. We can't seem to grasp the great things God is doing right in our midst. And if we did, there'd be a lot more jumping for joy. It's just how good God has been to us. We've got, I mean, these things we take for granted, air to breathe, water, an endless supply. We just put on the tap, right? Water. We, and, and we can still worship God. I mean, it's getting harder and harder, and it's getting, but we still can. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because you can't do that everywhere. And then in this example for John chapter nine, the Pharisees should have been jumping for joy that this blind guy was now able to see, but they had a spiritual blind spot where it came to this event. It's revolving around Jesus. These Pharisees are religious leaders, well-trained, they're educated, they're respected in the community. They could speak doctrine with the best of them. They were known for their spirituality, for their religious observance. In other words, these Pharisees, now, now listen to this. This may get some of us. These Pharisees would 
or good church member material. I mean, we often shied them for their hypocrisy, for their outward displays of piety when God was looking at their inward feelings of haughtiness and arrogance. But the outward stuff that you and I can see, well, those things speak very highly of the Pharisees. They're praying all the time. They're reading the scriptures all the time. They're strictly adhering to the religious teachings. But what Jesus is trying to get through to us And I think the takeaway we should get from this is even if you're spiritually gifted, there's still going to be some blind spots. Look what Paul has to say about this same kind of subject. This is the thread of the word of God. Again, here we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Well, I mean, in other words, no matter who you are, no matter your theological training, no matter your years of experience at being a Christian, Every single one of us has blind spots. And when you have a blind spot that you are unwilling to check, you know, or unwilling to admit you have, then you will miss out on what God is doing right there in your midst. Not only will a blind spot keep you from seeing what God is doing, but another consequence about spiritual blind spots is, as exemplified by these Pharisees is that a blind spot will keep you from seeing what you're really doing. Back to the car analogy, right? When you're driving a car and you don't check your blind spot and you decide to make a lane change, you might not know it, but you might be running into a car that is sitting right there in your blind spot. Well, that same thing applies in a spiritual sense. These Pharisees in this text were unaware that with all their theological probing, with their debates about the Sabbath laws and whether it was lawful to make a bit of mud and smooth it over a blind man's eyes for the purpose of making him see, with all these you know, legal ramblings going on, they couldn't see that they were making this newly healed man wonder about the nature of his healing. They were trying to make him feel like some ungodly force, some unholy entity had brought about his healing and to see. They were discrediting his sight as though he had no reason to be so jubilant about this miracle. They were so hung up on their doctrines that they were blind to what their doctrines were doing to real people. They were blind to the guilt they were heaping on a man that Jesus had just made whole. In essence, they were hurting the man. Where he had just been physically healed, they were emotionally and spiritually wounding this guy and they couldn't see it. They had a blind spot. Oh, oh, good golly, people. How many times have we allowed our, allowed our blind spots to cause injury to others? You know, this. as I'm saying this, it immediately hits me about another situation in, recorded in the Gospels of when Jesus was on the cross and you had the two criminals on either side of him and one of those criminals... I mean, just process this. One of those criminals, Jesus tells, you're going to join me in paradise. So just imagine the way, well, a lot of religious people and a lot of like these Pharisees are even today. What are you doing here? I mean, just think about this. He shows up in heaven and they're like, well, what are you doing here? He goes, I don't know. The guy told me I could come. They're like, wait, 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 what? Hold on. What? You could wait. Like, 
Have you been baptized? You know, what's your doctrine of faith? You know, what denomination, what church did you attend? I mean, all this stuff, right? Isn't that just, uh, but he's there and I'm sure, you know, the whoever, the angel is probably dumbfounded. Like, wait, uh, who, what? You're here? He goes, yeah, I'm just, I, I was told I could come. And, 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 and I mean, I think so many of us today, we, if you don't look a certain way, if you don't act a certain way, I mean, this criminal cursing Jesus, by the way, on the cross. Remember in one version of the gospels, it's he's cursing, both of them are cursing. And one, in another version, he's, he's telling the other criminal to stop saying this about Jesus because he didn't do anything wrong. This guy's the only one here that des- doesn't deserve to be here. And that's when Jesus tells him, hey, you're gonna join me in paradise. Just for saying that. I mean, so, I mean, it's because the guy in the middle cross said so. And I don't think too many times we remember that. We get so wrapped up and we have blind spots because too many times it's about what we've done and what I've done and what I accomplished in Christianity. And that's the wrong approach, folks, from, day, from the start. It better be all about what he did in the third person. What did he do? What did Joshua do? That's the only reason I'm worthy. That's the only reason I'm welcomed is because of him. And I think we just gotta, you know, this time of year, a lot of us get really humble. And that's why I think it's really important we hear this so that we don't forget this. And I, I personally have some understanding of this issue. I've been, I've been injured. I know many of you have. I've been injured by those who had blind spots concerning ministers, concerning authority. I was in an authority position in the military. I was in an authority position in ministry. It, it, I mean, some of you right now, this may jolt a little bit. Some folks think that ministers don't have feelings, that we're robots. Doesn't bother us, you know, that it doesn't bother us when people complain about us or that it doesn't hurt us when they say mean things about us or our families. And it's really rampant this last 10 to 15 years with social media. I mean, it's just, it's just unfettered. It's unfiltered and it's, it's really rough, okay? It's just some people have blind spots. I know that our blind spots can injure our brothers and sisters in Christ, not only because I've been hurt, but because I know I've injured some with my own blind, spot, blind spots. I mean, come on, listen, again, we said this earlier when we're driving. We don't have eyes in the back of our heads. Sometimes I've changed lanes too quickly without checking properly and without knowing what I was causing injury to someone. I, I, I stand before you, you're listening to this, as a witness to the power of blind spots, that if we don't check them, if we don't watch out, we might be injuring someone and not realize it's because we are blind to that thing. We gotta check ourselves for blind spots all the time. We need to examine our blind spots and see if there's something from God that we might be missing. We need to check our blind spots to see if we might be hurting someone. So I think most of us who drive are aware that we have blind spots. We know that we better check our blind spots before we change lanes or make any kind of move with our vehicle. And see this thing we're talking about, this spiritual blind spot is that there is all the difference in the world between those who know they have a blind spot or blind spots and those who don't know they have them. And according to what Jesus reveals to us in this text, there is essentially two kinds of people, those who were blind, which he came to make see, and those who thought they were seeing when they're actually blind. Both of these types of people are blind. Scripture reveals that it makes all the difference in the world to Jesus if you know you're blind or if you don't know you're blind. 
If you have a blind spot and know you have a blind spot, well, then you are going to proceed differently than if you didn't know you had a blind spot. In other words, you're going to act with more caution if you recognize a blind spot. You're going to check. You're going to, right? You won't be surprised and unsettled to learn that was something happening that you didn't know about. You won't be amazed to learn that God was doing something with or without your permission. Oh, come on. And you won't be embarrassed because you wouldn't have been boasting aloud about whether, whatever it is that you're claiming. When you know you have a blind spot and find that you have been hurting someone as a result of that blind spot, you will feel remorse and try to change your behavior and apologize for your behavior so that you check your blind spot and prevent the hurt from happening again. It's, it's just repentance. It's apologizing. It's, hum it's, it's humbling yourself. But when you have a blind spot and don't admit it, and you think you're seeing everything like these Pharisees, you're not gonna approach things cautiously or, or you're not gonna take care of where you're going or who you're hurting in the process. And furthermore, if someone does get hurt and you don't realize it that it was a result of your blind spot, you know what usually happens? You're likely to blame them for your trouble. You're gonna blame them for their own trouble. How many times have people, well-intentioned people, people who think they're doing the right thing, actually wind up doing wrong and blaming you for the, being the, the brunt of it? Let's look at this example in John chapter 9. These Pharisees had good intentions, but they were blind and they were not aware that they're blind. Oh God, Lord, how many of us have done that very thing? How many of us right now may be doing that very thing in different relationships? situations in our lives right now, this day that you're listening to it. But let's go back to the scriptures. For the book of 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10 says this, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. I mean, just, hey, every one of us has blind spots. Every one of us is susceptible to not seeing things that God is doing, to not seeing how our behavior affects people adversely. All of us do it. Not a single one of us is immune to this kind of blindness. The hope of the gospel is that we will acknowledge our blindness, that we will be aware of our blind spots, that we will proceed with respect, with caution towards others. But if we insist on maintaining our arrogant attitudes and our self-righteous spirituality, if we fail to recognize that we also have blind spots, then we limit the ability of Jesus to give us spiritual eyesight. I'm talking about, again, humility, because we might just be wrong about whatever the topic is. Talking about love, because even if we disagree about something, you're still my brother and sister. Right there is a tough one because people can't seem to move on and forgive. Too often people who have asked for guidance and questions about how to do life and people who are frequently affirmed and built up will do a quick 180 because they get corrected. It's so common to witness people running from their sins and faults and escaping that uncomfortable pain of facing your issues head on and then taking the proper steps to confess and forsake them. Some run all their lives and remain unfruitful because they will not deal with their soulish strongholds and fleshly lusts and hurts that war against their soul. In other words, I've been saying it this whole little message, many of us are just blind to them. They're blind spots. 
people with marriages that are in trouble because of blind spots. One spouse is always taking more than they give. One spouse has been dictating to the other, right? Controlling the other, right? Manipulating the other, taking from the other. And often they don't realize how much pain they are contributing to the situation. Sometimes, unfortunately, by the time they realize it, it's too late. You know, parents, you know, fathers. Fathers often are blinded to how hard-hearted and overbearing they can become with their children. Mothers, they often spoil their children by refusing to discipline them. I, it's, all, it's all in our culture. I, I think many of you are going to go, oh, yeah, you're probably nodding your head. Yeah. In either situation, with the father being too overbearing or the mother just, you know, uh, refusing to, to discipline and enabling, right, the children usually grow up warped in some facet of their character or personality. All of these situations occur because of blind spots we fail to acknowledge. Christians will never come into a stability in their souls unless... They renew their minds and become doers of the words and not hearers only. Until we are enlightened to our blind spots and obey the truth of the word of God, we will remain unfruitful and unproductive in certain areas of our lives. We will continue to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine enticed by false teachers. I want to encourage you, open your Bible. See for yourself what it says about being righteous and doing the will of God. And you may go, well, what is the will of you? You might be asking yourself, what is the will of God? Jesus sums it up this way in John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. Here's a few examples of what following Jesus, as I, as I bring this to a close, it's just, here's a few examples right from Scripture of what Jesus means. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus says this to his disciples. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. John chapter 13, verse 35. Jesus is speaking again. He says this, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul was talking here. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Brothers and sisters, search your heart of hearts for your standing with or without God and your blind spots. Let the word of God reach in your innermost parts to show you where you are currently standing and then make the needed adjustments. Hallelujah. I hope this inspired you. God bless you and have a great day. Bye. Thank you for joining Dr. Candice for today's podcast. For more resources and weekly prophetic words direct in your email box, go to our website at www.candicesmithyman.com, Facebook at Candice Smithyman, or Instagram at Candice Smithyman. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel.